What's up guys? This week we're going to be looking at another Under the Macroscope episode where we take a look at the psychic weather at large and in this edition getting into riots, race baiting, and Novid-19. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Wizard Factory Podcast, where you subscribe for weekly videos exploring deeper understanding of the universe and yourselves. My name is Logan Hart. And I'm Brian Easterday. Just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any fuckier. (laughs) Things are getting awful fucky out there, boys. Yeah, I know there there definitely has been a lot going on uh, in the world, and 2020 seems to be a year that just when we think it can't get any more exciting, uh, it does. So you know, we thought that would be you know obviously be a good time to come in and do another one of these uh, macroscope episodes, which are really when it comes down to it, and especially in this one, the topics that we're getting uh, into, it, it's really all about discernment. And making making sure that you're not getting stuck into a black and white thinking, uh, in that you're just seeing the world in this over overly simplistic view. You know, we've done an episode about that before. You know, uh, getting you know getting out of the uh, black and white thinking, and mm-hmm. how that type of thinking really leads to dogma. But it also it makes people easier to uh, sway and control. So it, what we're going to be doing here is looking at all the events really using discernment and seeing, you know, like, you know, what what's true, what's not, and uh, why, why you have to be able to see the complexity in the situation. You know, you don't just have to take a, a black and white stance on things. Mm, absolutely. And uh, another thing, too, that ties in really well is we've actually, uh, we're getting ready to do an episode all about chaos. And, um, you know, uh, a sort of adage came to mind that I didn't actually include in the episode, but I wanted to. And that's, you know, this idea of never let a a crisis go to waste. Now, people usually quote that kind of hinting towards the David Rockefellers of the world that, you know, like, I believe it was him who said that, uh, you know, that it's, it's all about that, you know, they want chaos that way they can have more control. That is one aspect to it and that is happening but at the same time to be a chaos sorcerer doesn't mean you go around causing chaos just to watch the world burn the point is chaos is already occurring and you know how to tap into that and transmute that alchemize that so in essence that's what these episodes are about as well under the microscope is that there's things happening in the world that we can really use uh we're, we're creating this content, you know, it's, it's giving us something to riff on, something to put out in there, but for the purpose of literally holding up a mirror uh, to, to the, the state of the collective consciousness, which this uh, actually, this holding up the mirror concept we're going to get into in just a little bit, so stay tuned for that. Um, if you're new to the channel, by the way, hit that subscribe button and join us for weekly episodes, um, and uh, please like the video so that it uh, reaches more people. So ultimately, we're just trying to tap into this charge as an opportunity to reflect 
what's happening in the world and what we can actually learn from that so that these negative events are having at least some positive aspects as they're playing out. That's, that's really our intention with this. So I hope that makes sense, and uh, let's get into it. So the first thing we wanted to, to, to talk about here is the mysterious disappearance of COVID. You know, I'm sure they're still mentioning it here and there on the news, but the level of coverage uh, that it once was mere days ago, it, their, their tune has completely changed, and now it's just all about the riots and, and this new development. So we wanted to kind of talk about that, you know, um, are these rioters practicing social distancing? Are they staying six feet apart? I doubt it. Uh, we're doing all these things that they've, they've tried to prevent from happening, uh, even on a much smaller scale, in order to contain these outbreaks. Yet, where is the, you know, the, the spikes in COVID? It, or, or has the priorities changed? Is it that maybe things weren't working uh, in terms of control and fear, so they had to change up their tactics a little bit because memes were absolutely shredding them to pieces. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that's that's definitely uh, something to look at. Is that how they had you know a narrative that they were pushing so strongly, but then all of a sudden it just you know pr pretty much just kind of falls off and disappears. You know, like I saw like a, a meme that had like you know a van or whatever. It's like they mainstream media and then it's like the person that was getting tossed out of the van is like COVID-19 and it's true that and that's that's what works is like when when one little uh fear tactic doesn't work they just you know they just trash it and go for another so I I do find it very interesting about the timing of of that you know so they they have this COVID-19 uh pandemic and then they keep people to where, you know, they're crashing the economy, you know, like a lot of these businesses, like, uh, you know, they're talking about businesses being destroyed and everything. Well, a lot of these businesses has even been like shut down for a few months. Like the, they destroyed the economy. Like it's not, they did way more damage than any rioters did. Uh, you know, so that, you know, that's an interesting thing to look at. Uh, but then we also saw that their whole narrative with COVID was coming apart. You know, the, for example, like, you know, the shit about wearing masks, we're, we're seeing that, like, you know, there's plenty of evidence coming out, you know, in studies that, like, it doesn't actually do anything to prevent it. In fact, you know, it's probably bad for your health, you know, which you know, that took a lot of goddamn common sense to figure out. Um, you know, and then we're seeing, you know, that they're like, uh, some of the numbers were, like, getting double counted, like, in the deaths or, you know, that they were, they were mislabeling deaths or, you know, all these different things. And, you know, there's even, you know, uh, mention it here that there's like a mainstream article you know going around uh you know and logan was gonna hit on that here but you know even even that is now even though mainstream is exposing their own bullshit so like their whole their whole system their whole thing is just eating itself like we, we've talked about before you know in the previous episodes you know we talked about chaos like they're they're just they're out of control and it's, it's a dying system eating itself alive but we see this you know the narrative like they're their illusion that the cast was getting utterly exposed to the point that, like, you know, people were going to start getting angry. So they, you know, this was a pivot. They, you know, there was something that needed done to, be, you know, pivot it. And, uh, you know, again, we're, we'll get into uh, the riots and all that. You know, we're not saying that everything, everything is a total conspiracy in, in the sense. Uh, but, you know, they, like, 
Logan mentioned earlier, never let a good crisis go to waste. You know, mm-hmm. that when they see the opportunity to try to latch on something, they'll take it and they'll try to blow it out of proportion and then ride that until they can find the next thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, the media are fucking parasites. They can't create any charge of their own. They they literally just try to piggyback on any charge that's available. So as soon as one dies, it's like a parasite not having food. So they, they try to latch onto a new host. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very much this game of tug of war. But most people think of it as the left versus the right, and they're both kind of like pulling each other for power when actually it's a very small group of people with, that have been given this mysterious authoritarian power, uh, Republicans, Democrats, it does not matter. They're on one side pulling, and the, everyone else, whether you're voting or you're an anarchist, it doesn't matter. Freedom is what's being pulled back and forth. It, it, it's, it's, uh, and so like you can see that they've gained a lot of momentum with this, co- with this coronavirus crisis that they've perpetuated uh and so the narrative is is falling apart and they know this so they're trying to to keep what they've gained you see they're trying to not lose that ground back because people are going like this doesn't make any fucking sense it's retarded you know people are like losing their jobs losing their businesses their lives are destroyed and for what a bunch of absolute nonsense uh so and then, you know, boom, out comes this whole completely seemingly random uh, race-charged police brutality of, of George Floyd. So the timing can't be ignored. And, um, and yeah, I wanted to mention this because I think it's, it's a perfect, you know, macrocosmic uh, sample, a little slide to put under the microscope to, to observe here, uh, is, is this little article that I came across where it's an it's a mainstream news source the Washington Times.com created an article that is reporting fake the fake news of MSM and how basically uh, COVID-19 turn turning out to be a huge hoax perpetrated by MSM says the article by the MSM I mean this is literally the the snake eating itself right here like they're they're calling them own their own selves out as the clowns that they are just to maintain credibility. Are you kidding me? And I have to mention too, on the website, you get this little pop up on the article that's saying, you know, opt in for their newsletter. So you get, you know, uh, and the headline was real period, trustworthy period news. So they're equating themselves with trustworthy and then to, to the, close the pop-up window you have to click a thing that says no thanks i prefer fake news i mean dude tell me that's that's not gaslighting to the nth degree that they're basically saying like any anyone else's fake news except us and and it's the mainstream media is bad but that's literally what they are i mean it, it's just such like double speak is is what it is mm-hmm. well yeah it, it's definitely you know like i said we've talked about it that we we see this system like really dying and that and that's why they're trying to push for control so hard you know they're a you have to remember like the the people that are doing this are psychopaths and one of the traits of, of psychopaths is nar- you know narcissism you know and, and glibness and th- you know th- things like that where they have such an elevated sense of their self that they they don't think they can actually go too far you know, they, they always will underestimate everybody else, 
you know, the common man because they have such a, ele- you know, they put themselves up on such a pedestal that they're just looking down on everyone else. Right. And, you know, when it comes to warfare, you know, one of the last fucking thing you should ever do is underestimate your opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment you do that, that's, that's a weakness that can be exploited, you know, and we should note that, that, and that's the thing is they, they're trying to roll the control because they, if they know if it doesn't happen, you know, soon it's not going to happen. And we've mm-hmm. talked about before, you know, no, no matter what they push, like if it's a system that goes against nature, if it's a system that goes against cosmic law, it, it can never last. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it will, nature will always push back and it's, it's in its own way. Uh, so the system, you know, they, you, you see them in their death throes. So they're literally just, you know, tearing themselves apart. Even, uh, even with like the police, you know, we see like with, um, you know, and we'll get more at this point a little bit later, but like, there's, you know, the cop who had no problem murdering that man, you know, while he knew he was being taped and everything, you know, he totally had no fucking problem doing it, you know. So you see the system that at first, you know, it looked like they were going to try to protect him. And then they kind of like, you know, they, they kind of make him as a little bit of a sacrifice, even though they don't like, you know, they only charge him like third degree murder and they haven't charged any of the other cops. You know, they, they try to offer up a little bit of a sacrifice of their own and, you know, order followers, pay attention to this, you know, if any of you out there listening happen to be order followers, pay attention to this fact that whenever the system needs to save save the face, it has no problem sacrificing you to gain its means. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what you're there for. You're just mm-hmm. you're just their little flesh robot. So, you know, note that. So they sacrifice this guy, but then you also see all these other cops, you know, trying to save face and pandering and, you know, kneeling and, you know, doing doing shit like that. So they they sacrifice the one cop, and then, the, you know, the other cops as part of that, you know, they all stand against him by, you know, standing with the protesters and walking with them. It's like, well, who the fuck are they protesting? Like, you know what I mean? Like, police, like that's that's just, that's the stupidest fucking thing that people mm-hmm. buy into that kind of pandering. Um, you know, where were they with the other, you know, 10,000, you know, people they've killed? You know, and all the other things that they've done, but you know, we'll we'll get that a little more later. But what you can see is is that they'll sacrifice their own people, and they'll sacrifice parts of the system to try to keep it going. You know, like that's them slowly destroying themselves. You can't keep doing that, and you know, you you can't continue to exist like that if you don't ever create anything. If you're just kind of this parasitic system that's always, you know, taking and taking and taking, and then you get to the point that taking isn't enough anymore and you kind of have to start giving away little parts of yourself, like making little mm-hmm. sacrifices of your officers, of little pieces of the system. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a system that is destroying itself. So, you know, f- keep that in mind. Like, that's what we're watching. And it may be very chaotic to, to watch, as we talked about in a, in a in an episode that is going to be coming out, you know, on uh, Chaos and Order. Ch- chaos paves the way you know, it, it makes space in order for new things to come into place. So, you know, keep, keep that in mind, observe that, you know, and w- whenever you see the system trying harder, just just take that as a sign and that, like, they're, they're having to do that out of desperation. Mm-hmm. It, it's not done out of some benevolent care for the people. It's done yeah. literally just to save face and try to keep things from flying completely, you know, because they – they're trying to control the chaos. They don't want just complete un- unhinged chaos. They want controlled chaos, but they're controlled chaos. That's very important as well. 
But yeah, I mean, there are literally hundreds of videos that you can find anywhere on the internet of, of cops murdering people, white cops killing white people, you know, black cops killing black people, and, and all ever, whatever other combination you can think of. Ask yourself why only certain of these videos create the effect and the outrage that they do where there's, there's riots and all this kind of thing. Because, I mean, like, for example, that white guy, that uh, young cop shot the man in the hotel room uh, hallway with his AR-15. He was literally crawling towards him on the floor trying to obey the directions of the cop, and, and then he just blew him away. Well, well, that's that's murder. That's just as bad as what happened to George Floyd. They're both horrible tragedies, but why does one seem to mean more? Uh, is it murder, murder? Don't we all have the same rights? You know, and and it's just something to to ask ourselves. I think is important. Um, another thing we wanted to look at is how looking at things from the pagan perspective and, and working with archetypes, we can see how uh, George Floyd and the police officer both represent a certain kind of archetype that we can see much like the Karen archetype we, we covered in the last Macroscope episode. Um, we, they, they really are kind of a poster child for what they represent, whereas, you know, what better analogy for government itself than a knee on your throat? slowly choking the life from you. I mean, you know, this wasn't like a, a gunshot and, you know, an explosion and it was over. Th this was over the period of minutes they were killing this man very, very slowly as he was telling them, I'm dying, stop, you know. And then the, the police officer, um, actually, I'll, I'll let you explain this one because um, as we were talking about this yesterday, you had read a bit about some of the past career uh, history of this cop that killed him. Yeah. So no, no, I, I do think it's it's very interesting to, like I said, observe these different archetypes that are on the rise. You know, in both uh, the victim, you know, and the criminal, the cop in this case, that the murderer uh, represented an archetype that you know, just like in our uh, Joker break down that we've done. If, if you haven't seen that, check that out. But in there, we talk about how, like in the movie, the Joker, he really started to become an embody, an archetype that represented the chaos or all the feelings that were, were already present in the, in the city. And he was just kind of the, the pressure point or the valve through which mm -hmm. that, that, that got channeled through. You know, that's the same thing. Like, you know, that, that very much happens, you know, in, a, in our world, you know, in, our, in our reality. And we, we saw that, you know, there's racial tensions going on. That's one level of it. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of history with that. You have, you know, police brutality in general, the fact that they just murder people all the time, even though they know they're being recorded. Like, they have no problem looking the camera in the face while they slowly murder someone. Like, that, that's the level of confidence in their system and their gang that they have. Like, mm -hmm. but, you know... They've, you know, that officer, he became that, you know, that archetype, just like you said, that, you know, it's that authoritarian, that, that, that knee on your throat or that boot on your throat that's slowly uh, killing you, slowly taking the life force out of you, like draining the life force out of you. And it, 
and you know, I think it's interesting that you know he looked, you know, he was looking at people recording. He had no, no problem with that. Just like the government has no issue with people seeing all the atrocities that they do, they have mm-hmm. no issue seeing that they, you know, roll out their police to control and kill people like that. That's what they want, you mm-hmm. know. So it's very interesting that he he really kind of like on a mic micro cosmic level is a representation of that macro uh, cosmic sorry that macrocosmic mm-hmm. uh, mindset of government as as a whole as an entity and, mm-hmm. and the cops sitting there gaslighting him the, the whole entire time he's murdering him saying you're fine and, and, and just calm down that's one thing that really boils my blood is when they're sitting there yeah. like put you know hurting somebody really bad by how they're restraining them and they're just screaming out like ow and the cops like calm down gah I mean, wow, dude, like fucking psychopath. Yeah, gaslighting as, you know, we talked about in our episode, The Thin Blue Lie. We did a two-part episode about police and border followers, you know. And keep in mind, Logan and I both uh, come from a background of of having been uh, in the military. You know, obviously we were never, you know, uh, scummy enough to become police. But, you know, know, I I was in the Marine Corps and Logan was in the Air Force. So we, we understand what the cult like mentality is. We understand how that training works. And what they do, and, and how you think when you're when you're in the cult. Uh, but then you know so they, they and they have no regard for what they see as normal people or civvies, as they call them. You know, in the mm-hmm. military, like they they look at other people like that that aren't in the cult like with disdain. They really fucking do. Mm-hmm. Like they're not. They may try to play the benevolence and get you know uh, attention to feed their egos and their own narcissism of oh we're here to protect you. They they do not. The vast mm-hmm. majority of them do not view uh you know the average person like that and then not say a blanket statement that like that, that every single one out there is just like you know totally viewing the world as scum but in the as far as the training of the cult goes like that's mm-hmm. that's very much how they're trained to be. yeah uh, some of them definitely think that they're they're good guys and they're out there catching bad guys and whatnot completely unwitting to the, the beast that they're you know doing the bidding for but it really does depict that mini me mentality that the elites have towards the masses as well like you were just talking about earlier brian how they they have such a disdain for just regular people they call them things like the useless eaters and stuff because that's literally how they see us so why would if they're dehumanizing us in such a way why would they ever respect us or care about our well-being or even have any kind of empathy right yeah, and then you know it's very interesting like to me that you know at one point in my life I went from having that mindset to being able to, to look at things now. So I, you know, I can say you know I'm speaking at this from from experience as well. But then, as you know, on the flip side, the other archetype that kind of showed up in this event was George, you know, Floyd himself, you know, like the, the victim, you know. And you know, I I think he could be an archetype that represents a, a lot of different things, not only. Uh, racial oppression, you know, and obviously profiling and, you know, them, uh, you know, very much targeting and going after minorities, you know, and, and feeling like and they can get away poor neighborhoods it. too. That, you know, and in poor neighborhoods, like, you know, because they know that those type of people are dis- disempowered in the sense that they don't have the financial means to go and fight the system, to hire the lawyers, to play the game and to do mm-hmm. all that. So it's very, it's, they're easier targets, they're easier to oppress. So, so they do that because that's what, you know, a predator will do. They'll go after the weak one, you know, like in the herd, you know, if they see one's old or sick or weak, they'll go after that. Well, the same thing with these people. If they see people that are disempowered financially or they don't have the means to 
uh, defend themselves or, or whatever it is, they'll they will target those people. But you know, because they they view them as an easy target, not that those people are inherently weak or anything. That's the, the exact opposite of what we we are teaching on the show at all. But that's that's how they are viewing it. But with George, you know, so so he represented that archetype of racial profiling, but as well as you know, we mentioned the archetype of just the average person who was just living their life, and then all of a sudden, government thugs come in and you know murder you know murder him. And you know, for anyone trying to defend it, you know, keep in mind they're like, oh, you know, he may have tried to pull counterfeit money. It, at, like it was a you know the owner of the shop already came out and said that you know he was a regular customer. That's not that's not what should have happened at all. Even if it was a counterfeit, it's a twenty dollar bill. And if you want, if you are pissed off about counterfeit money, look at the fucking Federal Reserve. You know, like that's what I have to say to those fucking people that that are trying to defend that. But it just goes to show you, like the that like this over over a fake twenty dollar bill, like they murdered a man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in cold blood. and that, you know, and that cop, like he, he was very much enjoying what he was doing, you know, like personally, I, I would say the guy probably like has some kind of sadistic tendency because they, mm-hmm. you know, say this, they, they very much like the reaction that they're getting from their victim and the, mm-hmm. it's the reactions, the fear of people around them that they like. And mm-hmm. he just stood there and he watched and he like looked at those reactions, but like with no, no emotion or anything, but like inside his, you know, he's probably just fucking getting his rocks off like they got you know he's you know fuck that guy let's just say that uh but you know we can see that these these expressions of these archetypes they come through because what's going on on the the metaphysical level on the psychological level within the collective consciousness that has to get expressed in the reality field somehow so some Mm -hmm. event like this happens that doesn't mean that he was a crisis actor or you know, we have to get into the huge realm of conspiracies to recognize that what the the deep state will do is know these kind of crises are going to come up, and then and they're just waiting to do things. So whenever they see the opportunity, it, it's really easy for them to pounce on it very quickly. You know, they have all the resources in place. They have media to hype people up. They've already got uh, police and military that you know they're they're already you know you're ready to go all the time. You know, mobilized and anywhere in, in a very short time. So it's not like it takes them a lot to really get that going. Uh, now we can also recognize that there are definitely some elements of what you could label as conspiracy to this. Obviously, them playing on the charge, seeing that like uh, police uh, are delivering bricks to different points in the city, or getting caught on video bashing their own cars, or uh, you know, suspicious people like that guy with the black umbrella and everything like that was busting out the windows and starting things that you know you can really tell these people are cops like like they are trying to create that chaos so people people are asking for them to come help because they they know nobody actually fucking needs them they need to create the illusion that people need them so they will try to do do that so you know and we see that like these bricks they're showing up in cities all over you know like there's definitely a element of organization to them you know i can tell you that like I, you know, I, I used to be like, like a load builder and, and work at a hardware store and everything and, and drive, you know, drive pallets of these things around all the time. One, like they're not cheap, you know, especially like some of the ones I saw, they were like, you know, paver stones that were like, you know, really, you know, they're like intricate shapes. So they cost, they, you know, they cost a good amount of money. Uh, and each of these pallets weigh a good, like, you know, four to 6,000 pounds, you know, like you need a forklift to move them around. Uh, and then you just have tons of these just showing up all over. Like there's, you can recognize that. 
there's some level of organization there mm-hmm. that there and then you see the videos coming out sure enough that you know cops are getting caught doing you know undercover things or busting out windows on their own cars or you know so on and so forth in order to try to build this narrative this illusion that you know there's a war on cops so we need to roll in more people because what are what's happening that just as before it's a dying system they're realizing just how like just how powerless they are and the people are realizing just how strong we are like mm-hmm. you know we saw a police station get like taken taken over with no you know with with people that didn't really have any military training or tactics or even you know they weren't even doing it necessarily in like a what you consider like combative or, or in a warfare way they were just rioting and mm-hmm. the cops fucking ran you know yeah. like they they really are cowards you know <laughs> like to me i'm kind of getting this image in my mind of i i like to think about the very rich allegory of x-men the x-men world uh i really like that universe i think there's a lot of really cool kind of like i said allegory metaphors for things that are playing out in in real life well so you just said the people are just beginning to realize their power well there's a whole lot of steps past that point of actually you know refining it learning how to channel it correctly and responsibly so think about x-men professor x goes out and finds young mutants that they they don't have any like purpose they're they're just kind of like they they're not plugged into an organization or a group or a family that has some kind of a a shared goal uh, of of positive change they're just angry because the world never understood them and always treated treated them like a freak and now they're just kind of lashing out aimlessly and angrily well that's what these riots are these people are destroying businesses and and property that had absolutely nothing to do with what they're angry about they're just mad and they like furious but they they feel like they have to do something but they they're not they don't understand natural law and they don't have this understanding of the world so they they don't know what to do so they just kind of do things that don't make a lot of sense you know <laughs> but like l- look at like like you said yourself Brian what with what you know maybe maybe it's the broken clock that's accidentally right twice a day uh with the police station thing you know again I'm not I'm not necessarily condoning violence uh, but at least they were somewhat closer to the root of their their anger there than when they're burning build, biz, business buildings down. But imagine if they can do that, this completely disorganized, chaotic uh, force of an angry mob can do that. Well, um, just imagine what like a well-trained uh, militia that is re- responsible and very well, you know, trained and... Uh, with with clear goals and clear objectives that are actually solving the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and that mo- that militia can be played out in many ways. That doesn't necessarily mean you're using it in a, a aggressive way. Militia can very much be used in a defensive way, even if it's just people who are out there that are they're totally a hundred percent against the you know the state and the officer murdering people, mm-hmm. but yet at the same time. Uh, they recognize that businesses don't deserve to be looted, and so they're out there standing guard or whatever. Like they're they're standing in a, a balanced state, and you show up like that, or you have a protest, an armed protest. All of a sudden, the cops are a lot less likely 
to start using natural force. Like they, they love going up against unarmed people because, you know, they're a predator. They want a weak target. That target has claws and teeth. All of a sudden they think twice before trying to pounce. Uh, it, it's, it's a basic, it, you know, it's a basic nature thing. Um, but uh, I think w what's interesting to know about the destruction of things is that, again, I don't think it's just this black and white thing. I think there, you know, there's levels and there's, there's a lot of different things going on. There probably is some legitimate destruction of things going on from people who are just really fucking angry and that they, they you know, maybe some of those bricks got left out and they just, you know, they they fell for the bait and they decided to you know pick one up and bust out a window or something but i also think that there's very much uh organized destruction going on like you know with the antifa people being busted in and you know like you're you're seeing a lot of these reports that a lot of the people being arrested that were like doing a lot of the major damage and destruction weren't even from that town they they all got busted in you know there's videos of you know uh people that were actually peaceful protesters catching other people like spray painting things or, you know, busting out windows and they're like, stop that. Why are you doing that? They're going to blame that on us. Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, the people that act, you know, the, the community that actually has a, a hundred percent valid reason to be pissed off and is out there, uh, peacefully, you know, demonstrating and everything, you know, there's that element, but then there's also, you know, people, you know, provocateurs that are being brought into try to create this chaos both with mm -hmm. you know rioters and protesters you know rioters and protesters being brought in that they they really don't give a fuck about that man's death what they really care about is being able to tap into that charge to push their agenda you know mm -hmm. and then there's the police who are just doing destruction themselves to try to create the illusion and that we need them you know cause, and because mm -hmm. they're scared and they they want the military to get called in and they want they want Big Brother to get called in because they're fucking terrified right now, and they see how quickly every single one of them could be strung the fuck up if if people got that mad. Like they're starting to realize that, um, you know. So you know, there's there's definitely a lot to look at and make sure that we're we're using nuance to look at all the different variables going on. Right. You, know? you don't want to paint with too broad a brush and and just kind of lump things in uh, clunkily into little categories and stuff when it's not right. it's it's over oversimplifying things right and yeah i definitely you know see the the antifa thing too they're they're really pushing anytime they cover that they they say anarchist and anarchy and, and like they're you can tell they're really trying to to um drive that one home in the minds of the people because i think pe people are more receptive than ever to the the principles of what freedom actually is and how wow wait a minute all this 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 doesn't feel right why why should they have so much power and look how they're poorly managing it like what is this all for you know but uh you know that that to me gives credence to the the validity of the principles of sovereignty and the the fact that they're so terrified by it that they have to proactively demonize the word and and associate it with mindless chaos and destruction which is the exact opposite and and yet such a perfect example of this double speak um and so like yeah we like regarding the you know the name that we put into the title race baiting you know that the word bait is right in there you have to still make a choice to take that bait you know uh, if you put some meat inside a cage you know like that that whatever you catch in there willingly walked in there on their own free will. And that's, that's literally, uh, 
the name of their game because they understand natural law. They know that they can't actually control people. All they can do is make people think that what they want uh, is being put in front of them and making them think that that's their idea and that's in their best interest when it's not. But the the racism thing, I mean, this is kind of really getting into the, the epicenter of what we wanted to get into on this episode because there's so many layers to it from the, you know, with, when you're, it's racism and it's police brutality and it's, you know, government uh, power and, and uh, all these things are, are kind of playing into it in a very rich and nuanced way. So we wanted to kind of unpack that, you know, um, it's ironic to me that the, the people are unable to see through the facade of this, this veil of racism is being touted on all the institutions that this is this is what the problem is it's that the uh, it's institutional racism right but that's not the cause of the problem because as i just said before like there's all types of brutality going on for, from between all sorts of combinations of ethnicities and and things like that clearly the problem is is the belief in authority itself because without government racism could have never been institutionalized the institution itself is the problem not the particular flavor of slavery that we've all you know agreed upon well yeah and well i guess you know for me like it's it's important to remember that and this is one of the things that you know i enjoy about the animist or pagan perspective is that you, you get out of black and white thinking and thinking has to be this or that and you can recognize that it's both that there's levels of both going on that like there definitely is a problem with uh, racism you know and especially when that racism gets power because it becomes institutionalized then, then it gets a a legal footing or a socially acceptable footing in order to you know or a foundation to build off of you know and, and that's where you know it, it can really become such an such an issue where it's like if the uh, authoritarian state didn't exist that institution didn't exist it wouldn't have that foundation to build off of like there might still just you know there's always going to be some fucking idiot out there that hates themselves so much that they project that in their worldview onto everybody else. But they want to have a, a power or, a, you know, the badge to hide behind to, in order to be able to, like, kill people r right there in broad daylight. So, you know, I, you know, I think it, it's both that, you know, that there's that, but there's also, you know, this problem with the, uh, you know, the state itself existing, you know, that it's, mm -hmm you can see that it, it doesn't care who it is really brutalizing. It may target certain groups more than others, but when it really comes down to it at a fundamental level, it, it, it's not, be, it's because, you know, they go for, they go for, like I was talking about usually, they're, they're a predator, like the psychopathic mindset is it's an interspecies predator. So they're going to go after whatever prey they feel is like disadvantaged or, or easy prey to go after. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'll target specific like be, because they perceive it that way um and and if they see another group or another target that uh they feel is like that it doesn't necessarily matter with the, the ethnicity or things like that as much as it's just the the opportunity that they're you know that they're kind of pouncing on um you know like i said there, there's elements of everything involved there's we're we're talking about issues that deal with millions and you know, you know billions of people you know, worldwide. So there's never, you know, there's, there's no way there's just this black and white answer to everything where it's just this, this simplistic thing. There, there's going to be a lot of different variables uh, and factors at play, 
know, cr- creating what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you can kind of examine the hierarchy of cause and effect. The, the universe isn't so simple that there's just this one cause and this one effect. There were many causes and many effects of, of everything happening around us at any given time. You know, there are, there's a ripple effect in this, that the feedback loop that, that I've talked about. Um, what we have, what people are outraged are, uh, about is an act of brutality. And then they're attributing that brutality. So that's like the, the very bottom of the rung. That, that's what happened, right? It was brutality. And then they're saying it's because of racist police, right? So this implies that if, the, if racism wasn't playing a, a role in how law enforcement are conducting their duties, that everything would just be hunky-dory. You know, like, that, like this, this is the root of the problem. But you see, it, it goes much higher than that. Um, government corruption is playing into the racist aspect, but it's also playing out in a lot of other ways, many other ways, in fact, if you're looking at the whole pie and all the different areas that government has, like, managed to wrap its tentacles around aspects, every aspect of human life, from education to food, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. And that, you know, if, if we just removed racism, then, then it would all go away. But see, government of corruption itself comes from, the, from government power, you know, that, that power corrupts, right? So the power shouldn't and can't actually be given in the first place. You, you can't give a right or an ability to anyone else that you yourself don't possess. So if I can't break into your house or steal your things or take part of your paycheck and call it taxes, then I can't vote for someone else to do it and call it legitimate and, and moral and necessary. It just, it's, it's a complete farce. And so government power is only given illusor, illusory because of the belief in the legitimacy of authority. If people didn't think that, you know, the government actually had power and authority, that's the only power that they actually have is the power that we perceive them to have. So once we stop believing in that, it, it does go away because it was, it was never there. It's an illusion. But people believe in the legitimacy of authority because they themselves lack individual sovereignty. And that comes from their disempowered mindsets. So now we've finally taken that cause or that, that, that effect, I'm sorry, of brutality all the way back up to the, to the fact that people are carrying around disempowered mindsets. Mentalism is the first hermetic principle. It comes first and everything else comes off of that. So what I'm really saying here is the disempowered mindsets which insist that government is necessary in order to maintain order is really the, the root of it all. The principle of mentalism, you have to take it back down to the very the core of it. Where is what's causing? Where, where is creation emanating from the deepest layers of consciousness in here? So that's pretty much in a nutshell, you know, uh, our, my, our two cents on really the, the gooey epicenter of not only the, the cause of the problem, but therein lies the solution. Yeah, it, it's good to always 
dig down to the root and find those actual causal factors of, you know, why things are playing out the way they are. And that belief in authority, like I said, taking it back to the principle of mentalism, the mindset, that really is uh, the root of the problem. Whether you're looking at that from the perspective of racism, even if you want to look at the problem of racism, that that problem goes back to the mind. You know, the problem of authority, the problem goes back, back to the mind. You know, it's that that's where it's all playing out. So we have to be very careful of, you know, what we're lending our minds energy to, our life force energy mm -hmm. to, and like what, what we're getting behind, you know, make sure that we're bringing discernment to that. There is actually one, one last thing that I wanted to uh, add to what you were saying as well, is we're, we want to <clears throat> acknowledge and be sympathetic to the disparity of minorities in this country. It's fucked up. Like there, there is a lot of it going on, which we are, we acknowledge that it's that labeling the whole thing as just a racist problem is very short sighted because the very same system has created such a, a victimhood mentality of minorities, especially black people because of the horrors of slavery. And, and that went on, that was protected by the state. That's why it perpetuated for so long. It was only when good people started saying, this is bullshit, and fighting back against it, did things actually change. So that's very important to remember. It's, it's not that it's not at play. It's that the problem goes beyond the scope of your own identity, just because there's such an, a, a, a desire coming from that deep place of pain and trauma to seek that, that validation for that that experience and that uh, ancestral trauma that's still that's still playing out today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and yeah, that, that's definitely good to acknowledge. It's that whole, you know, we've talked about before with ancestral trauma, that whole hurt people, hurt people, mm -hmm. you know, like that, that, you know, if you repeat that phrase, hurt people, hurt people, you, it will kind of build this uh, almost like, you know, rhythm to it that it kind like of will take off, like, yeah, it'll like take on like a momentum of its own. Well. In the very same way, people that are very traumatized when they're acting from an unconscious place, when they're acting from their unconscious trauma, when they're not coming from a place of awareness, they perpetuate that cycle of trauma. Whether they're meaning to or not, it's just, you know, if they don't have the tools to know how to navigate and deal with their pain and how to properly work through that, you know, and especially when it's, you know, something that is you know, it's not an individual trauma. It's a, it's a societal level trauma. It's a, you know, with, within a, a whole race or a whole different group of people, you know, it can, it can apply in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when that applies and it's multi-generational, like it went on for a long time, that's, that's not anything that just goes away and blink by. It's something that's, there, there's a lot to express with it. You know, and every individual is going to express it in their own way. That's why you're going to see a variety of actions. You're going to see people mm -hmm. saying, that, like, no, we need to stay very peaceful. You're going to see other people that are like, no, we want to burn it to the fucking ground. You know, mm -hmm. like, they're, they're all kind of working through it in their own way. And, and mm -hmm. that's why it's important to bring awareness that, like, th this is what we're all doing. Because then we can start making conscious choices with how we're processing it. Process it in a healthy way. Don't buy in to the baiting that the system is trying to use to further its own agenda because the system mm -hmm. doesn't actually give a fuck. Like it, 
it wants to be able to bring in as much control as it can because it sees itself dying. So we, we need to keep, mm. like, keep in mind that, like, they're very fucking weak. And the last fucking thing they would want right now is people getting past very petty and, you know, ideas that, like, somebody is better than another because, like, you know, the color of their skin. Like, getting past petty things like racism and uniting and you know, all operating from a conscious place as a human family, that's the last thing they want because they, they can't control that. You know, like there's, you, you have to just kind of hold up the mirror to them. That's something that I've been recognizing that like, you know, and especially with like a lot of these very radical leftists that like we see this influence of the deep state coming in, you'll, you'll see online that they will uh, get into arguments and people will just throw their own logic up against it. Like they won't get into any kind of crazy thing. They'll just like throw up their own logic and the, and the people kind of fizzle out. Like there's another example I saw, and, and this was with the COVID thing. I saw, and I, I shared this on Facebook, but there was a, a YouTube video that oh, yeah. there was this reporter who he was uh, saying this report and, you know, they're talking about, you know, ma mask and no one's wearing their mask. And they're like, are they just not afraid for their health? You know, trying to, you know, the, you look at the words that the media is using, you know, these fucking little scumbags. Uh, they're very much trying to incite fear and everything. And, you know, you know, they must not be worried about it and all this. And then this older gentleman who's just a normal, normal guy comes by with his phone and you can tell he's recording them. And he's like, and, and he says it loud enough. He knows he can get hurt on the news. And it was, you know, they were live broadcasting it. And he's like, yeah, and neither is your cameraman or half your or half your film crew. Like, what did he do? He didn't have to argue him. He didn't have to act crazy or anything. He literally just held up the mirror. Like, you know, the the news crew was trying to have one view of reality. You know, mm -hmm. that like there was one angle that where they're showing. What did he do? He took his his own ability to do the exact same thing because the average man has the exact same power as the ruling class right now, which is mm -hmm. one of the amazing things about this time flip it show the other angle that like oh they're just lying their narrative is so poor now they're doing so terribly all you have to do is hold up the mirror you don't have to exert a lot of energy like just this normal average guy just strolling by going about his business just held up the mirror and just smashed their narrative just showed them how they're lying and that that reporter just he immediately like looked away like a beat dog or something like he he just mm -hmm. looks so defeated because he knows he just got fucking caught lying and pushing a bullshit narrative. And he and started then, you know, hemming and pawing like, um, yeah, like, and just trying to like try to maintain some, but it was just pathetic. You could tell he was destroyed. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so that, so that's a challenge I would like to put out to everybody up there, like as kind of a, an operating procedure for dealing mm -hmm. with the system, with the media, like with the Karens out there or the order followers, mm -hmm. like all these people, this whole system, uh, that, it's just so crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so ugly that all you have to do is hold up the mirror to it. Mm -hmm. Because when it does that, it, it sees itself. That's why the system is destroying itself is because that right. mirror is getting held up, and it's that easy. So just hold up the mirror. You know, that, I think this would be a good experiment to do if, as a way of kind of using this as an operating procedure of that mm -hmm. you just – you let them do their thing, and then you just – you reflect it back to them because you know remember we've talked about before on the show everything in the universe is a projection and a reflection mm -hmm. they're the system's projection you know of, of what it is is so terrible so unnatural that once it sees itself it you know it, it eats itself alive and then mm -hmm. and that's all you have to do it's ironic just the other day i was watching with my partner uh, a movie called true romance 
and it's uh, this like kind of mobster movie, real gritty. And there's this part where uh, James Gandolfini is beating the act, the ever living shit out of the main female lead, and um, she he just threw her in the shower through a pane of glass. There's like blood everywhere, and she, her face is all fucked up. And she starts laughing at him as he's as he's looming over her, and he's like, "What? What are you laughing at?" And she goes, "You look ridiculous." And like he like turns around and starts like fixing his hair in the mirror and stuff like that. And I just every time I see that, I think it's such a great depiction of that that sort of bardic magic that we talk about a lot on the channel of how just laughing at how ridiculous they are takes every bit of their fucking power because when you're laughing. You are not afraid, and that's what the entire thing runs on is fear. Yeah, absolutely. No, so it, it's very good, you know, in holding up the mirror, like using uh, funny memes that are mocking the system, like the stupidity, the absurdity of it. That's what mm -hmm. you're doing. You're holding up the mirror. So just keep that in mind. And you know, every time you see some stupidity or something like that, just think to yourself, hold hold up the mirror, you know, and and just reflect it back. Don't get drawn in to these emotional arguments that are, you know, gone out. Like if, if there are people that are so far gone that they're still bought into the system like that, it's this obvious and they're still bought into it. They're not worth wasting your energy on. Like mm -hmm. spend your time, find, find your tribe, your, your family, like get to your creativity and just keep reflecting back to the system, just how much it's destroying itself. And, and it will keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, another tool to be able to kind of get a, a, uh, larger perspective that I really find useful, we've talked about a lot on the show, is using astrology to kind of look at the the cosmic weather, the psychic weather, the, you know, psychological weather, what, you know, however, whatever, you know, phrase you want to use, but, you know, essentially looking at what's going on in the macrocosm to then, you know, see as a reflection of what's, what's going on down here. So, you know, there's definitely a few interesting uh, things going on right now. So, you know, in our first uh, macrocosm episode, I uh, spoke about the big role of Rahu. Uh, Rahu, for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Vedic astrology, and, and keep in mind, I, I practice Vedic astrology. So this, this is Eastern astrology. It's based off of the sidereal zodiac, not the tropical zodiac, which is the Western astrology a lot of people are familiar with. So... You know, if there's terms or phrases that you're not familiar with or whatever, um, you know, feel feel free to like, you know, drop a question, you know, in the comments or anything like that. But I'll I'll try to make sure I'm explaining everything to where you know everybody gets the point. But so for those of you who don't know, Rahu is the North Node of the Moon. You know, and in Vedic astrology, he kind of represents that trickster energy. He represents illusion. He represents our desires. You know, all, all the different things we want to accomplish. So Rahu can kind of be a force that can, you know, he, like most things, he, he's neutral, but he can be good or bad. But he's kind of a very explosive energy, very, very much kind of like a nuclear bomb. Uh, and he has been in the sign of Gemini, which is all about relationships, how we interact with other people, uh, communication, different things. And Gemini tends to be a sign that has like a dualistic nature to it, in the sense that it can be, it, it can go either way. So, you know, Rahu has been in Gemini for a few months, and it was in the Ardhra chakra, which I explained on the previous episode. This is in a chakra that is all—it's all about a storm, but it's a storm that's ultimately about like destruction in order to clear the way for something new, so we can act, we can gain, we can learn higher lessons uh, from that. So, we had been going through this storm. You know, we could see that there was this uh, 
deception, this Rahu, you know, this deception coming in Gemini that was creating the storm. In other words, media was lying about COVID. They were hyping it all up, you know, doing doing their normal thing. And it, it created this worldwide storm that was very transformative. It really has shifted a, a lot of things in our world. It, it utterly changed the playing field. Well, Rahu recently moved out of Ardra and moved into uh, Mergasira. So uh, it's still in Gemini, you know, so it's still in the same sign, but it has moved into a different nakshatra. And I, I guess I didn't mention the in Vedic astrology, we also have lunar constellations, which are known as nakshatras. There's 27 of them, and each of them are associated with their own elements, gods, planets, uh, you know, uh, deities, animals, and, and you know, all that different stuff. So the uh, Mrigasira nakshatra is symbolized by a deer like a deer head, but a deer head that's searching for the forest. So this is a nakshatra that is all about searching for the answers through the forest. You know, the forest can be very dense, hard to see through, but it's this deer that's, you know, just kind of searching and seeking, you know. So when we can see this with Rahu, Rahu's illusion, he's been a Gemini, there's been this storm, you know, there's, we've realized we've all been lied to, that like this whole storm, this whole COVID thing was this giant lie, you know, now they're, uh, moving in on the riots, we're very, very quickly discovering that that's also a lie. So that's that Mergasira energy that Rahu is working with now because we we now realize that that's been there. There's a storm. So now we're seeking for like, well, why did this happen? What are the solutions to get out of it? You know, what, what are all these things? And But there's still that element of, of confusion there, you know, because, because Rahu is a shadow planet. He's still kind of – there's still that element of confusion with him. And then, you know, it's still in Gemini, which is our communication, our relationship. So people are still – wondering, well, should like they wear masks? Should they social distance? Should they, you know, uh, how should we interact with other people? You know, the whole question of like racism, how should we treat each other as human beings? People are seeing that there's these storms that have been brought up, you know, that are, you know, that have, have created these illusions. So now we're in the process of seeking for the answers for that, you know, which, which is a good process because that process is what really helps us start to move forward and start to bring that kind of healing. So, you know, we're going to see a lot more truth of what has been going on coming out we're like how we got how we got fooled how like you know for example like they're doing these riots and almost within days people are showing that like oh these bricks are being placed by cops or they're breaking out their own windows the the illusion is being exposed very you know very quickly uh mm-hmm. when it comes into that chakra so you know that that's interesting to know and you know mercury is also sitting there uh in Gemini, but it's it's sitting in the autodromic chakra. So that storm, Mercury's our communication, it's our intellect, it's our reason. So people are still very much intellectually, they're still trying to figure out what's going on. You know, very much like this, uh, this episode was all about discernment. We were using the left brain here. This is that Mercury energy. We're we're tapping into it. We're trying to communicate about what what are all the pieces, what's really happening. So we're all still trying to like figure that out. You know, and there's still kind of like that element of confusion in there because like Rahu's still sitting there, you know, and then beyond that, uh, you know, obviously if Rahu's sitting there in Gemini, K2 sitting in Sagittarius, you know, and it's in the Mulan chakra, which is where it's been, you know, I mentioned on it before. So this is us, you know, K2 is this very kind of spiritual planet, you know, uh, and Sagittarius is a sign that's all about seeking out practical spiritual wisdom, like really seeing what our beliefs are, you know, and that Mulan chakra is all about, uh, being able to be uh, nurtured, but also find like the root causes of things. So through this whole process over like as long, you know, Cage has been here over the last few months, we have seen 
collectively we've all been kind of reevaluating our beliefs. Like, you know, so it's been this question, you know, it's been between going through Rahu and questioning things and like, you know, a lot of communication of how things should work and then falling back on, okay, so this is what I'm believing now, or I think this is true, or this is what I think is important in my life. This is where I need to spend my energy. That, you know, those kinds of things uh, can be seen with that. And then we also have, uh, you know, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn, which I talked about uh, a little bit last time. Uh, but right now, both of them are retrograde, you know. So Saturn is, is in its own sign of Capricorn. So that's, you know, Capricorn, it's all about teaching us to be disciplined, to be organized, uh, to stay focused with something, you know, and, and keep at it in the long term. Because it's, it's a Saturnian lesson, you know, Saturn's a slow, a slow moving planet. So the lessons that we learn from it, you know, they're hard. It feels like there's pressure on us and they take a while to learn. But once we have them, you know, we retain them for a while. So it, it's all about that energy. When Saturn's going retrograde, it means, you know, we're, we're feeling that more. It's making us take that, that energy and, and really take it inward and reflect on ourselves. Okay, so like, what do I need to do in my life to... Uh, move forward to accomplish these things that I want to accomplish. It's a time of really reevaluating, like what uh, is worth putting your energy into and what is not. Whether that's in a relationship, a job, uh, you know, wh whatever it may be, there's there's a it, there's a lot of introspection going on in that. That's the, the lesson that Saturn's trying to teach us with this. And then Jupiter being here, Jupiter's wanting to expand us, you know, spiritually. So there's kind of like this this tension in regards to Jupiter as this planet that wants to expand us and then Saturn as a planet that teaches us through kind of like putting pressure on us. So they're kind of these conf what seem like conflicting forces and it can, and, and it can make it seem that like people that, you know, they have, they'll want these goals, they'll want to achieve these things, but they'll kind of lose hope. Like Jupiter feels like it loses hope here a little bit because of that pressure of Saturn. So, you know, how that could play out on, you know, in regards to this is be like, you know, people seeing and wanting to have a better world where there's not racism, you know, like that's a Jupiter lesson, like that everybody, you know, we're, we're a human family, like we're, we're all equal, we're all spiritual beings, we all have value and deserve to be loved and cared for and not, you know, not murdered in the fucking street. So you see this, but, you know, so, so Jupiter here uh, is, can feel a lot of a loss of hope. So we can see that people are then, you know, we're wanting to see this world where we have these higher spiritual values at play but there's this pressure of saturn that's like making it like hard to get there they're like oh yeah we have all these issues all these things that are really deep-seated deep-rooted problems that we have to work through not only as individuals but like collectively together uh you know so it's going to take time but that society that beautiful world where we're we can all really truly respect each other in that jupiterian way like that's not something that just happens instantly it takes that hard work and that dedication you know, so we have to remember that. And Jupiter's retrograde right now. So it's a time of also, you know, when Jupiter goes retrograde, it tests those spiritual beliefs. Like, you know, that people standing up for what they believe in happens when retrograde happens. Like, you get that fire energy. Like, we, you know, we can all see, like, that how that cop murdered that man. We get really fucking pissed off when we see it, as you should. That, that's a Jupiter retrograde energy. You see something mm. wrong. And you don't put up with it. And then we have, uh, you know, Venus, uh, you know, another big one here to look at as well as Venus is in Taurus. So uh, it's doing an interesting thing here, and I, and I mentioned this before, that Venus is 
sitting in its own sign of Taurus, and normally it only stays in a sign for like about a month or so, but it's staying here for about four months, though, so uh, through most of the summer. So that's something that doesn't happen very often, you know, and that's a very good thing. It makes us want to enjoy those pleasures of life. It makes us want to have that stability. Taurus is a sign that's you know, represented by the bull. It wants to have that, that stability. So it's us, you know, there's been this whole thing. The economy's got shaken up. People don't know whether they have their jobs. Their sense of stability has totally been taken. But there's this urge to, to really want want to have that. And then, you know, Venus is retrograde. So then that that increases that. That makes us really start to look at, oh, well, what really happened during this whole lockdown? So we saw these news stories coming out about, oh, these were the effects of, uh, of this, that, you know, millions of jobs are lost. All these businesses are destroyed. And people are actually having to look and see that, oh, well, maybe that stability, maybe that comfort in life that I thought I had, you know, isn't really there. So, there, you know, there's kind of this this uh, sense of urgency you can see maybe building up in a lot of people. And not only is Venus retrograde, but it's also combust right now. So whenever a planet is combust, that means it's sitting very close to the sun. The sun's very hot, so it, it kind of burns that planet. So whenever Venus is retrograding and combust, what that means is it's as close to the Earth as as it's going to get. You know, like that's that's the closest it ever gets to Earth. So, you know, you're then feeling the effects of Venus very strongly right now. Like people are really wanting to feel that sense of stability. Okay, so like what are we going to do with the economy? Like how are we going to not only provide just that normal stability but get back to enjoying life? You know, and there's, you know, all this – pressure all these things going on that are kind of preventing that and then you know that combust energy comes in there as well it it makes it to where that feeling uh, of the pleasures of the things that we can enjoy you know that kind of gets burnt you know it so it it almost it feels like that like no you know no matter what we're trying or like no matter what you're doing to want to be heard or to have you know basic human rights or to be able to have you know stability in the world you know like that's that's just not happening. It's just kind of, you know, falling on deaf ears. That can kind of be a, a feeling that comes up with this uh, placement. So, you know, there there's a lot of very intense energy going on, you know, right now. You know, and, and obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of other stuff going on too. But those were the big ones that were kind of, you know, uh, sticking out for me. Uh, that that you know that I really wanted to, to touch on. But you, you can see how those kind of play into that overall theme of like what, what we're feeling that there's, you know, these different astrological transitions that are happening. And then we're seeing like different transitions play out, you know, with what's going on that, you know, for example, like the COVID storm, you know, like that got, you know, that really got blown up into this big thing. And, and then now we're questioning and seeing the repercussions from that. Like, how is that going to affect us as individuals and as a society and how we're going to move forward from that? you know, and get back to having that kind of stability, uh, you know, and things like that. So, uh, you know, astrology is always a very useful tool to be able to kind of step back, get a bigger picture and recognize that like these energies are at play no matter what, like regardless of like what the system is doing, like this isn't a hundred percent like the system or the deep state, like they don't have that much power. Like they're just as much subject all of this as we are like they're you know we're, we're all part of the same system of nature so by observing nature you can see that yeah nature there, there's a tumultuous time going on there's a little bit of chaos there's certain things but we can see that's all part of this really beautiful process that allows us to grow and to learn and to thrive and to start 
getting rid of belief systems that are destructive, whether that be racism or statism or any other belief system that is fundamentally disempowering us. Because as we talked about earlier, it's that fun, it's that foundational disempowerment that all of the destruction, all of this uh, chaos that the deep state can cause is built off of. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. You have such a great gift with uh, astrology and what a deep and profound uh, divine tome of wisdom uh, it, it can be as a tool. So um, really great stuff to get into. So to conclude, we wanted to share some of our thoughts on solutions. You know, this is just, again, our thoughts. These, these are just things that we, we would put higher on priority of, of things that are, are helpful and, and healthy and conducive to, you know, being constructive as we navigate this very tumultuous time. So, you know, really this is a very exciting time to be alive. One can deeply feel empathy and, and, and mourn for the tragic uh, injustices that are happening and still have an eye on the bigger picture and can appreciate and, and get excited about the things that are happening in the bigger picture, like where we're heading. Um, it, it could go either way. And, uh, of course, things can and, and possibly will get worse before they get better. But understanding that it's, it's riding the, the waves in the ocean and that it's, it's all taking you where you're trying to get to in a roundabout kind of way. So it's important to stay in that mindset and not get sucked into the fear and the anger because those things, they, they bring your consciousness down to uh, a less than optimal, optimal level. And the, the only one responsible for your state of mind is you. Uh, you choose what you're feeding with your energy, with your attention, and your emotions. And so it's important to stay in a very centered, healthy, balanced space and, and uh, stay connected with what's happening in and, and each other despite social distancing. I mean, it's so funny, like you were just explaining how this is all about how to, learning how to relate to each other. And then here, here's this uh, completely fabricated imposition of how things ought to be that has people keep afraid of each other. Like literally you said, you're, you know, you, on the other episode, the mother afraid to hug her children and all this kind of stuff. It's so ironic. I mean, you can see this is what's happening. Uh, They just understand and they're tapping into that and they're wielding it as a, as a weapon against freedom and, and all the, all the things that are good in, in the world. So we don't have to let that happen. We, we have a choice in this, you know, and just being able to transmute it into something positive. Don't let a crisis go to waste. It, it's not that you're excited that people are hurting. It's that you understand that you can use this as a catalyst for doing something good and leaving a lasting positive imprint dest- despite the things that have to get destroyed in the process of it. Right. Awakening if evolution is a very messy challenging painful and destructive process and and that's that can be beautiful and it is beautiful if you can truly see that for what it is right exactly and that's when we see that chaos and destruction and things like that are happening by tapping into that 
charge and then being able to use it so you wield it. So what needs to be destroyed? You know, uh, the illusion that some people are better at, than others. And that applies to both racism and statism. The belief in exactly. that some people are fucking better than others. That is what we need to destroy. Like in Smash, so tap into that charge. Like, use it. Because th there is the potential to create so much beauty out of chaotic times like this. That There is a lot of charge to it. This is a great time to go through in your life and destroy any of your own illusions. Destroy the things that aren't aren't helpful for you if you're in a toxic relationship you know like get the fuck out of it stop allowing yourself to be drained you know like that's something that we're we're all you know looking at these kind of things and reevaluating. so you destroy the things that you don't need in life and you start creating and building and filling your life with things that you do you start creating the reality that you do want to see and that you do want to experience so you observe as far as like how to go about dealing with the world like Observe what's going on. Like, kind of read that psychic weather. You know, put things under the microscope and look at them. But then, be able to just hold up the mirror. And then, in regards, you know, and th and that's how you combat it. Like, you don't need to do anything other than like hold up the mirror. And then, in your own regards to your own life, keep developing your own consciousness, your own awareness. Like, step into your own creativity of like this designing and doing whatever you're wanting to that it, that isn't producing in your life. You know, like I said, I've mentioned before, you know, I've recently, you know, been researching and getting into, into like mushrooms and I'm gonna get into growing more mushrooms and things because that's, you know, just something I'm I'm interested in and I, I love doing that kind of stuff. So rather than looking at all the fear porn or anything, I've spent my time researching that, learning the whole a whole new skill set and, and and preparing to do that. So so that's just an example. So whatever it is that, you know your creativity brought out through like whatever it is you want to do you know, put your energy into that into your own self-development you know and then hold the mirror up to the system and if we keep doing both of those things we're going to be just fine we're going to watch a system destroy itself and we're going to be able to create a fair like such a beautiful world where we get out of these centralized belief systems that allow us to be controlled and put all of our power outside of ourselves and we start taking that power back we can create anything we want to. Absolutely. Um, so essentially, you know, welcome to Ragnarok. Just fucking and try to enjoy the ride. Try to enjoy yourself a little bit. You know, um, it's like Bill Hicks said. Um, they're, they've gone through a lot of trouble to, to set up this ride and make sure it's super scary, but it's just a ride, you know? Like, you get on, you get off, coming and going, just flow with it. So, um... Yeah, that that's going to conclude the uh, the episode. But we also have a very exciting announcement to make as well. That we're going to be starting some new types of content that we'll be featuring on a brand new Patreon page that we're we're setting up. It's not quite ready yet, but we wanted to kind of go ahead and announce that this is happening because um, these macroscope segments is one of the things that we'll be moving on to that Patreon platform. So essentially what this is, you know, this, this platform is really about supporting content creators. So, you know, we're, we're not pushing anything. Uh, we're simply giving people who want to support us of their own free will a, a way to do that, that, that it's mutually beneficial. It helps us survive, and it helps people get more of the content that they love. So it's a win-win. The Patreon is only going to get more valuable as time goes on. You know, exactly. Adding more and more content to so 
you know, but it, it, it's something that, you know, not everybody's interested in. It, it takes a lot of time, a lot of dedication. So that's why we're putting it on Patreon. So for those who are uh, more dedicated, uh, you know, and how they're going about you know, trying to study and want to learn more, they can then have access to it. It's more private, you know, but uh, we can still keep the the regular channel with our, our normal free content, which, you know, is, is always going to remain free. So there's always going to be all that content on top of this extra content that we're going to start uh, uh, creating and bringing as well. To bring yeah, that's a good point. Our YouTube channel is also going to continue to get more and more value and we're, we're just putting that all out for free. So, I mean, this is this is just, a, it's like a buffet, you know, give it, you know, like, take what you like and leave the rest. Um, so, that yeah, that's uh, we're really excited about announcing all of that stuff, and that'll be coming up here in the next several weeks. Again, if you're new, please subscribe, and if you haven't checked out our website, check that out at thewizardfactory.com. This is pretty much the one-stop shop for everything uh, that we do and that we offer, as well as follow us on social media we're on Facebook and Instagram, and of course our our newish audio podcast that's now available on Spotify, iTunes, and all major platforms on Anchor. Uh, and so that's going to conclude today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, be empowered, inspired, and encouraged. Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. 